0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Bharati Jagdish, Ryan Huang and Elliot Danker with you today. Let's talk about the biggest story of the day, Russia, Ukraine. We have seen investors in the U.S. appearing to shake off this attack on Ukraine. Stocks mounted a stunning reversal, actually, yesterday to close higher after falling sharply earlier in the session. What is the picture expected to look like in Asia, though, Ryan? A big turnaround so far, including Asia where you are seeing bargain hunters come out in force to just buy up all the stocks that were badly beaten especially in the tech space and this is all amidst extra sanctions being brought forth from the likes of Washington and this is on five additional Russian banks the European Union also agreeing to more sanctions on Russia calling on the country to stop all military action and withdraw its forces the White House has also authorised additional troops to be stationed in Germany and this is just leaving a lot To watch as the weekend comes forth, what's going to be happening in the coming days? Let's check in with Vasu Menon. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for OCBC Bank. Morning, Vasu. How are you doing today?
1: Good morning, Ryan. I'm very
0: well. Thank you. It looks like a Feel good Friday so far for markets. Are you uh, surprised by the reaction by the markets so far? Because we've seen a lot of action happening in Ukraine and markets plunging yesterday. But now it looks like things are turning around.
1: Well, you know, it may be too early to call. You know, the cause being clear. Completely. But I think what happened yesterday night on Wall Street was the Nasdaq fell into bear market territory below uh, more than twenty percent correction for the peak. And I think that resulted in bargain hunters coming in, as you said, to buy up the tech stocks and you know, so Nasdaq is still down by sixteen percent mm. but it saw a nice rebound and that helped the S and P to actually rebound by one and a half percent. So it was really buying of tech stocks that contributed to, you know, the rebound. I think the other thing that helped Uh, which will help as well, which looks uh, relatively positive, is the fact that the U.S. sanctions do not look all that bad. Yes, the U.S. has imposed additional sanctions on Russian banks, on the Russian defense industry, technology transfer individuals, and so on and so forth, but There was no crippling sanctions on the energy sector. That is critical because, Mm -hmm. you know, the Russian economy accounts for less than 2% of the global economy. But Russia is a major influencer of oil prices. And there was no crippling sanctions on the energy sector. And that provided some relief. And therefore, oil prices came off their highs. And I think that was a critical thing. And, you know, as you said, NATO is deploying troops you know, this is just to protect Germany, not really sending troops into Ukraine to fight a war with Russia. So all that provided some relief. It didn't look like doom mm. and doom.
0: Yeah, Vasu, so is this the time to go bargain hunting right now? We are seeing that happen or is this something to, you know, just, you know, sidelines until things settle down a bit more? Well,
1: you know, Ryan, if you look at history, geopolitical events like this caused markets to pull back sharply. But then, you know, that sharp pullback sometimes offers a buying opportunity. So the critical equation here was, will the event in Ukraine cause oil prices to skyrocket? Now, if for whatever reason, oil prices do not skyrocket, they start coming down slightly... You know, hovering around the $80 barrel sign, uh, a mark or so, I think that's a good sign. I think investors, it's okay for investors to, you know, mm. dip their toe in the water. But I wouldn't advise buying aggressively. I think you want to buy gradually because sentiment could still be quite volatile, depending on how things play out in the Ukraine in the coming days. But clearly, I think if there's no crippling sanctions of the energy sector, there's no outright war in Russia, as in like NATO going into clash with Russia, and there's no chance of Russia cutting off gas supply to Europe, then all that means that, you know, things are not all that bad. But even if you buy... You you want to space your investments out. You don't want to try and time the market and, you know, go in aggressively at this juncture.
0: Yeah, but so, so that's if things take a turn for the better. So... On the other side, how much more pain could there actually be in store potentially for markets? What's the end game here? And we look at sanctions. How effective could they possibly be? Because when you look at how they are gonna be impacting businesses, for example, on sanctions, it will just raise oil prices, the cost of doing business, and for many European companies and countries it's gonna be possibly impacting their economies.
1: Uh, Without a doubt. I mean, it'll impact the European economies, especially because, you know, they get 40% of the uh, energy supply from Russia. But, you know, I think the measures are intended at crippling the Russian economy. And as I said, the Russian economy accounts for less than 2% of the global economy. So what happens in Russia, as far as the economy is concerned, has no significant bearing on the rest of the world. Mm. Significance of Russia is really oil. And, you know, as long as Russia continues to supply Europe with oil, you know, nerves could... Calm down in the coming months and oil prices could ease back to the $70, 80 barrel mark. So it's not all that bad. I mean, yes, even before this, don't forget inflation was an issue, commodity prices is an issue. So what will happen is after this Ukraine saga, markets will go back to watching the Fed and inflation again.
0: Yeah, and I think you've got investors trying to find some safety, looking for what could be possibly good hedges in this um, volatile environment. So is China right now possibly a safe haven play considering how they may be relatively insulated from the conflict and alongside many other countries in the Asia. Are those places worth looking at?
1: Well, you know, I wouldn't call China a safe haven because, you know, China is actually a risky proposition in my view. It's a very volatile market. Things are still playing out in China, especially the tech sector is concerned, for example. The economy is still, you know, headed for hopefully a soft landing. Monetary policy is being eased. So, yes, China is one of the bright spots. We like China. We've upgraded the Chinese equity market from neutral to overweight. We've upgraded Asia x Japan from neutral to overweight because both these markets did poorly in 2021. And so, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But again, you know, there's going to be a lot of volatility, right, mm. in, the, in the coming months. You, it, this is not a time to time the markets. So I think you want, to, you want to buy, but you want to make sure you buy Gradually, and you must have a strong risk appetite.
0: Okay, and just to wrap things up. You talked about the tough job for central banks coming up. How much does this complicate the job? Because they want to tighten to address inflation, but doing too much now could risk derailing the economic recovery. So, for the Fed, what are you looking out for in March? Is there a higher chance you know, of a percentage fifty basis points hike come next I, month? Yeah,
1: my suspicion is that the Fed will do twenty-five. And not 50. And, and, you know, the futures markets are pricing in now only a 13% chance of the Fed doing 50 basis points in March. It was higher before this. I think before this was like 30-40%, it's now come down to about 13%. So, you know, I think the markets are basically saying that, look, the Fed is going to start this rate hike cycle more gradually and then see how things pan out. Because if inflation rolls over, there's no justification for them to do anything too aggressive. So they will hike rates maybe five times this year. But, you know, if inflation rolls over by the middle of this year, then, you know, 25 basis points on each move should suffice.
0: I'm sharing with Vasu Menon. He's
1: the Executive Director for
0: Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks for your time and have a great
1: weekend in advance. Thank you, Ryan, and uh, you too.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.